right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management, we talk about rehab after surgery, we talk about improved mobility, and we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right, Dr. Chris, welcome to In Your Corner, a podcast that is sponsored and brought to you by those wonderful people at Cora Physical Therapy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. And yourself? Hey, I can't, I can't complain. I get to talk to you. How about that? <laughs> I like it. So for the people who are listening, because I, I look at it, of course you got you've got mad street cred out there, but they don't want to hear it from me. They want to hear from you. Tell us a little bit about your background, my friend. Sure. I mean, there's many aspects of, of that that I can share with you, Scott. You know, first from me, from a work perspective, is I'm a physician who's been intrigued by the question all my life: is how can all of us, including those who are injured, who are ill, who are impaired, or disabled, experience joyful and productive lives? So I work with others uh, brighter than myself. Uh, I try to surround myself with people brighter than myself, which is actually easy for me to do. And I've been trying to answer that question. Well, you know, what's interesting. And I, uh, I, I see that you have impairment.com. Yes, I, I have uh, a, a few websites. Yeah, but impairment, you've got <laughs> impairment.com. That's just very cool. That, that from I, I, perspective, it's like, wow, he's got it. And I have causation.com and amaguides.com. Get out of here. It was, you know, when, when I was a youth. <laughs> yeah, but you nailed them down. It's just absolutely wonderful. All right. Now, we're going to be talking a little bit about COVID-19. We're going to be talking a little bit about what that looks like. But um, let's just start into sort of sharing a little bit about uh, just you and start laying that foundation. Where'd you go to school and all that good stuff? Sure. Well, I received my medical degree from the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, a master's of medical science from Rutgers, a certificate in human resource management from University of Southern Maine, um, undergrad at, at Rutgers in New Jersey. Uh, I was uh, board certified in occupational medicine uh, and oh, a bunch of other credentials. <laughs> I've been doing this for a bit. <laughs> and, and you're all of 25. You can tell if you guys are looking out there, he looks great for 25 too. Uh, I, I wish <laughs> probably about three times that minus yeah, five. Uh, okay. Shut the front door. He still looks great. Absolutely. Now that's, that's pretty cool. Now, you had a role with uh, the AMA. Tell us a little bit about that and how long were you with them? Well, hopefully I'm still with them, but my oh, roles. <laughs> but you're only. Oh. I know, I know. It's 70. I'm still going strong. We, we have a president who's, who's older than me, so I figure there's no reason to retire and I'm having fun. So with the AMA, I'm their editor in chief of the AMA Guides newsletter, um, mm -hmm. also the editor in chief of the casebook. Uh, I'm senior contributing editor for the AMA guides to the evaluation of permanent parapet six edition. And Scott, that's a, a reference book that we use. We'll talk a bit about that to assess the impact of an injury or illness. So I was responsible for the muscle skeletal uh, chapters. Yeah. So we're talking, we're going to go into that a little bit because I think there's some interesting statistics associated with being about <laughs> assessing the situation. Um, you mentioned in prior to our conversation, or prior to coming live here, you talked about you do things virtually. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you're, you've been you've been a part of the computer based 
training quite a bit. Yeah, actually, I have. Back in 1973 was uh, first the article uh, I wrote on uh, computer-based education. And I've written about, oh, I guess almost 300 articles since that time. Whenever I'm confused, I, I write. And so I'm, I'm confused a lot, I guess. But the actually, my background in IT was back in the 1960s. Uh, vacuum tube computer. Many probably don't even know what vacuum tubes are, but I was that and I was a computer geek. Um, I became a teaching assistant at the medical college when I was an undergraduate at college, which, which was really weird because I'm a freshman at college and I have a private office in the medical school. And I was off to a IT direction with some very prominent players now. And I said, no, I want to go into medicine. Uh, which, uh, you know, it's, uh, who knows? <laughs> you know? The computers so, are the future, doctor. But, I know, but it, that was my, my background. And so, you know, this is really uh, part of me. And, and I love the, the forum of what you're doing, Scott, and in interviewing people and getting the message out through podcasts so we can really, you know, share in this experience and share in our learning so we're all more effective with our lives and the work that we do. See, it's interesting. You brought up those uh, vacuum tubes. I remember as a kid, I would go to uh, the grocery store. And of course, you have those test panels. Remember that you'd go to yes, the front right. and you'd stick the little tubes, tubes in there. <laughs> uh, hours of fun as a kid. But we're, we're close to the same age, trust me. That, that It happened with you too as well. All right, give us some uh, little uh, gems of things that people don't know about you. Sure. Well, there's a lot. I, I, I'll share the positive, not the negative. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, nobody wants to listen to the negative. I know. I've been humbled by life. But <laughs> well, first of all, my faith. I'm a follower of Christ. That's very important to me. As Stephen Minister, I'm founder of the Faith Based Claims Association, and that's interesting, uh, Scott, yeah. because often we separate our faith in our profession, and we have boundaries there. And this is a organization to, to remove those boundaries because our, our beliefs in our lives, our faiths should you know, really influence the work we perform. So we've been doing work with that and that's at uh, faithbasedclaims.org. Um, I, I, I got to interrupt. I, what do you mean by that? What is claims? Like claims? What, what well, it, claims what? Is, is that people are in the claims industry. So that workers' compensation claims oh. and disability, somebody files oh. a claim. So you've got insurers, you've got third-party administrators, oh. you've got attorneys. So it's, it's not saying I have a claim about my faith. It's about that we talk about the right. claim entities and you've got healthcare providers. So to bring them all together wow. in a way that takes the boundaries among the different faiths. So it may be uh, Jewish or Christian, or it may be Muslim, but all we have are values and how does it apply to the work that we do? So. And, and, and it's faithbasedclaimsassociation.org? Well, faithbasedclaims.org. Faithbasedclaims.org. Got yes. it. Note, listeners out there, cool 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 organization it sounds like it very cool how, so long, I'm, you, how long you been with them how um, long you been sort of involved with that i lose track of time I don't, maybe a decade <laughs> but we we've actually brought into major conferences uh, starting with prayer breakfasts God, you know and to great. bring in to sessions that you know these are and in professional conferences about you know scripture and giving a basis for you know the decisions of, of work we do we had a rabbi talking about the benefits of work and so it's it's been fascinating so that's wow. part of me that is um, so cool I, I'm married. I have three daughters. I have four grandchildren. I reside in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And during the summers, Falmouth, Maine. Not during the winters. It's cold and icy there. Um, I love to sail. Um, I have a uh, U.S. Coast Guard captain's license. Get out of here. 
I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel so insignificant around you. I feel oh, like that. Oh, come on. It's uh, yeah. Come on. Don't, don't, you you, know. you've got a famous podcast program. You, you do Thank thousands you of these. So you, yep. you're, Thank you've you. got an incredible voice. So, but I do that <laughs> bicycling and, and traveling and the like. So <laughs> I, I got to ask that question about that. Is, as a captain sailing, was that sort of a part of the, your boyhood? You sort of growing up type of thing, or how did you get involved with? It's like all of a sudden, hey, I want to sail. Well, first of all, you said talk about growing up. I, I've not grown up. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> so, bodies, uh, still twenty five. Okay. Still twenty five. But you know, it it started early in life. You know, I just enjoyed being on the water. So, I mean, the water really brings peace and tranquility to me. So that's. It, that's just who I am. Okay, that's and, a bucket list. I'm gonna have to uh, head to your location, and maybe you'll take me out on your. Uh, we, we can go sailing. Absolutely, I would, I would love to. Absolutely. Okay, let's shift gear a little bit here, uh, because this is, of course, core physical therapy, and it's their podcast in your corner. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how'd you learn about uh, Cora Health, and how did you get involved? Well, actually, it's very interesting how I got involved. Scott is, um, I was on a bicycle ride. Now you figure, how is this going to connect <laughs> to core health and also how they do work in, in impairment assessment? So I was with a group with the East Coast Greenway, uh, greenway.org, and we are doing a, a, bike, a bike path all the way from the northern Maine down to Key West, Florida. And a group of us, would about 40, would take it in segments. And I was doing a segment from Savannah down to Titusville, Florida. And as I was doing that, going through St. Augustine, just in bliss, a 16-year-old coming the opposite direction made a left-hand turn and hit me. Hey. So I, I flew uh, apparently about 20 feet, oh. um, uh, came down, uh, and it, it's, it's disconcerting when you fall down. And, uh, you know, first of all, it's terrifying seeing a car hit you. And then when you're lying down and hearing people say, is he dead? Is he dead? Yeah. It's that's that's not Check reassuring. His pulse. Is he dead? I know it's it's not reassuring. I can hear you. Like, I, I hear you. So um, I the long short of it, I was taken to one hospital and transferred to level one trauma center. I had multiple fractures in oh. my uh, spine. I think like oh. eight fractures. I fractured all the ribs on my left side. I had partial collapse of both lungs. I tore my spleen. And I had some uh, post-traumatic, uh, you know, type uh, stress uh, type things. But, You're a miracle. Uh, That's what you are. You're a miracle. So, but the funny thing, Scott, is that uh, I was there. My wife is a rehab nurse, a background of that. So we, they uh, kicked me out of the hospital early to go home. And I couldn't do all the things I love doing except for work, because I'm just sitting at a computer. So I could sit there with my brace from my neck down to my pelvis, and oh. I worked. So it got very complex to maneuver through the whole uh, insurance system uh, and having an accident. And my in Florida, that if you have an accident, that your, your own insurance, if you're a, a bicyclist, covers that. I'm from South Carolina. They're saying, we insure your car. We don't insure your bike. So I had to get an attorney involved. And then my income actually went up um, after the accident. Usually people's income goes down because they can't do things. Yeah, yeah. But 
we had to really emphasize what was the extent of the injuries that I had. So I needed to get an impairment assessment done. Now, this is kind of strange because I wrote the book. But anyway. yeah, I was just going to say, it's sort of in I, your wheelhouse. Yeah, but oh. I can't do it on myself. That's a little bit of a bias issue. You know, that would not be well received. <laughs> so I searched around so who could do a quality impairment assessment and came up upon Cora Health. And huh. the really positive uh, feedback. And so I approached them and I saw them and they did a very thorough, uh, uh, detailed report, um, then reviewed by a physician who co-signed on that. And I had lost 44% of my function. It's called a 44% whole person impairment. Zero is healthy, 100% you're dead. So it's basically, you know, almost half of me was gone. Uh, so that helped, you know, quantify it because of the type of fractures I had and type of problems. That's how the tables did that. Uh, sort of an interesting aside, though, Scott, is that um, years ago, I had written a book called Living Abled and Healthy, A Guide to Injury and Illness Recovery. So I had to deal with my own uh, recovery process. But how do I rehab? How do I, how do I get well? How do I not focus on pain and refusing to talk about pain, only talking about function? I returned a year later and joined that group in Titusville, Florida, got on my bicycle, and I rode down to Key West, Florida. So 435 miles. So it, I, I've got a, there's a couple of things I got to jump in. First off, this whole um, a trail, this organization, this greenway, right? Is that like a, a rail to trail? How did you, how, they just invest, I think that's a great idea. So you have a clear path all the way down to Florida. That's the goal. And, yeah. you know, East Coast Greenway, greenway.org is a yeah. great organization. And their goal is to have safe uh, biking yeah. from, you know, from Northern Maine down to Florida uh, as much as possible um, off the, the road because cars and bikes don't mix. Um, obviously, there's some places where it's not off road, as I discovered. And, you know, this car actually yeah. turned right into the bike lane. That's right. That's uh, right. But it, it's a great, you know, just to get people out there, be healthy and to be active. Now, uh, you, you talked about briefly a book, right? Living Able yes. Recovery Book, right? What is the right. name of it? Okay. Uh, living, living Able and Healthy. And Healthy. And uh, can I get that book out on? Uh, it's still some available on Amazon. Good deal. This, this is, these are notes to me because I want to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> and now you, you were 40% impaired. Yes. What are you today? Well, that's permanent impairment. So it's based upon oh, the type of fractures so, that I have. So it's, oh, but see, that's the difference between, and this is a, a whole a whole other conversation. Actually, it ties into yeah. what Cora Health does and rehabilitation that we have, yes. we have impairment, uh, we have disability, we have function. Uh, there's some overlap, but they're different concepts. And, and then you throw in pain there too, that, you know, having pain doesn't necessarily mean you're impaired or disabled. Um, I do have significant impairment, but I work beyond that in terms of rehabilitation, yeah. keeping a positive focus yeah. you know, to uh, not thinking about my deficits or how I was before, wow. uh, just moving forward and creating a new world. And so despite a significant impairment, um, I do not have significant disability. Keep, Life is too short for, see, for, I got for that. that. That that makes sense. That hits the nail on the head. Now, before we get into the uh, COVID conversation, 
one of the things that I've heard is that uh, shows about 80%, right, of the ratings are incorrect. If you go down and you're saying, okay, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a rating on where I'm at from an impairment point of view, you're, I've heard 80% is sort of squiffy at, at best. Yeah, the, and it varies by jurisdiction, but Scott, that's true. That, and first of all, explain to others who may not be familiar with this is that impairment is we take certain medical information and we apply it to criteria in a book published by the AMA. The AMA guides the valuation of permanent impairment. So it may say that if I have a fracture of my wrist and, and I should be able to do motion you know, like this in terms of extension and flexion, but I can only go here to here, there'll be corresponding tables that will say what the impairment is, oh. or if I have certain diagnoses. So it's to standardize that. The, what I liked about Cora is they were very thorough about making sure they get you know accurate data in because garbage in, garbage out. Absolutely. So you got to get, get the accurate data in. But the, the thing is that many physicians are not familiar with how to uh, use this book. You know, so this is like, uh, you know, this is the uh, fifth edition book. Uh, this is the sixth edition book which actually seems thinner, but it's actually just thinner paper. Um, <laughs> so, the, But they're not familiar with it, um, or they may have a bias, and it could be a bias too high or too low. Interesting. Um, and it, it results in a, a faulty rating. So if we take the same information and then apply the criteria, somebody independent who's a really expert on the guides takes that data and applies it, it comes up with a number differently, then you, you find out why are, you know, what is the difference? Is there a clinical difference? Is there, is there assessment of what, whether a problem is related to an injury or not? How were the criteria used? So it's very important to have a permanent impairment assessment done by a resource that really understands the guides as was my experience with Cora Health. They, they did a superb job. So is there a certification that, that I mean, let, let's say I'm out there. Um, I, I, let's say I got hit by a car too, and I need to have this sort of an assessment. Uh, my recommendation would be, is there a, a certification that, that I can go to and say, oh, you're certified. Okay, I, got, I can do that. Yes, there is a certification. There's a, a being a certified impairment rater. And that's actually an online examination. It's a very detailed 100 item examination. And that's information is at certifiedrader.com. Can I get to that by impairment.com? Um, you should. Yeah. Okay. There are hyperlinks there. Yeah. So we have online training. And, and that's, you know, one of the things that starting back in 1973 and continuing is we, we really need to have access. And I think people are now excited by, you know, it's sort of mixed with COVID because we really want to do things live, but realize how much we could really do in terms of web-based uh, learning experiences. See, and this is a great segue into the, the whole COVID. I, I, just like everybody else, I'm not, I'm not immune to it. There's just a lot of information out there. Some, some look like that. Some look like this. Some look like me. Some look, they're all over the place. Right. And, and so my question to you is how, is how's this illness impacting society, specifically workers and compensation? Well, it's impacting it in a, in a big way. And I just decided to say there's a lot out there. The I've been focusing on some of the issue with the post-COVID and called long haulers or the long COVID. So I, I just did a, uh, a search uh, on that and with Dr. Google and find out how many results. So uh, I actually, I would like to discuss each of those with you. Yeah, please. Uh, there, uh, there are 7.17 uh, billion results. 
gosh. We, we probably don't have enough time today. <laughs> Let's get going. We got a, got a big list here. But the, you, hold it. You mentioned a, a, a term long COVID. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, let's let's talk a bit about yeah. the uh, COVID, and we can get into some of the issues of, of yeah. rehab because this is a and you know it's you know a year ago uh, I knew nothing about COVID. <laughs> None of us did because we were. I was going to say it you just didn't. came. Yeah, it's and we're it is a very interesting um, complex disease, both the acute process and what occurs chronic and the. The science, I mean, is it's just, I find it, it's a, it's, for me, it's a real challenge to try to keep current on it because I want to develop best practice standards for the evaluation of people who've had uh, post-COVID. So we know the primary symptoms with uh, COVID that we may have, you know, two to 14 days after exposure uh, to that, you know, we may have problems with, you know, headache, uh, you know, just feeling lousy, could have a cough, could have a sore throat. Uh, some shortness of breath, fatigue, we may have minimal symptoms. Um, when I had COVID, actually, I had COVID. You did. Uh, three, I did in uh, December, three days after a flight. I went and uh, got uh, tested for a PCR, came back positive. I said, no way, this can't be positive. And realized the false positive rate, that means a test being uh, positive but really should be negative, is like is like Zippo. It means very, very low. So I, I, had, a, I had a minimal cough for one day. Um, I found, though, in January, about a month later, that my endurance was significantly less than it had ah. been, uh, and I regained that. So we we know about the acute process, and not only the you know some of the general uh, symptoms, but we can have significant problems with our lungs, uh, the pulmonary uh, symptoms, uh, pneumonia, failure, adult respiratory distress syndrome. Uh, we can have cardiovascular problems, heart problems, inflammation of our heart muscle, myocarditis, arrhythmias. We can have the uh, vascular problems in terms of neuropsychiatric problems, a whole, almost every body system, you know, can be involved with it. But even after we get well, there can be other uh, sequelae. So some of them relate to our lungs, to permanent lung damage, our heart, uh, problems with chest pain, palpitations. Uh, we could have the uh, you know, neural, you know, psychological type problems, muscle skeletal problems, but there's a, a disorder called a post-COVID syndrome, post-COVID-19 syndrome. It's also called huh. long haulers or long COVID. And this is where people report persistent problems with severe fatigue, headaches, and brain fog, which is mild subjective <laughs> cognitive impairment. See, yeah. here's, here's the problem. Uh, you're mentioning this stuff and I'm going, I must have it because I wake up. I just need coffee. I want coffee. I, I have for, this is tough. This you're you're yeah. just pointing out things. I mean, this is tough. And this is really, in fact, if you go to um, impairment.com/slash/covid, uh, there is some content there uh, in in more depth than what we'll share today. But there's also an interview with a physician who has uh, post-COVID, and it's really you know really you know gets you. And you know, my initial response is if I forgot something or got confused about something is after I can say, Oh, I got, uh, I got brain fog and, you know, just kidding. And then realize it is not kidding. This is a real profound disorder that can impact people. And the data is look anywhere from, you know, 10 to you know, 60% of, of people. And 
so it's and we don't know how long it persists. Uh, so there, you know, good support groups. There's a lot of effort going on. It uh, NIH has funded over one billion dollars to this issue. And if you look at the recent data, when I last spoke on this maybe you know, three weeks ago, there was 27 million COVID cases in, in the U.S. And if we have 10% of the people, that, which is that sort of a, a minimal amount that have post-COVID, you know, that's 2.74 million people. And we look at that about how ability to return to work that approximately one third of those were unable to return to work. So that's 900,000 you know, people. So it's, it's just, uh, it's a very uh, profound uh, issue. It's similar to some problems we've seen before with some other disorders with uh, the, what we call it, severe acute respiratory syndrome, uh, Middle East respiratory syndrome, some of the problems we've seen with myalgic type syndromes like uh, chronic fatigue. So it's, um, it's a really fascinating uh, problem that I have to ask this question yeah. real quick. It's, it seems like, and, and clarify this for me, some people come down with COVID diagnosed, boom, got it. But their symptoms are just very minimal. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Yeah. I had a cough. I, I was tired. I went to bed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm fine. And then the other spectrum of course, is the, 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 the most devastating one, and that's loss of life and everything in between. And it just seems like COVID just, it's, it's across the board. It's not like, hey, you got a cold. Yeah, I got a runny nose. And it's just, that's what it is. But here it's, it's a, why, why is that the case? And, and we, we, we're starting to have some theories about what's going on, but yeah. it's really, it's not well defined. Uh, there was an interesting article in the, uh, uh, New York Times uh, the uh, this past uh, Sunday. So this is in early uh, March, whenever, <laughs> whenever it is. Here's this. Where here's this? But the uh, looking at that, uh, many of the people with post COVID uh, had minimal uh, symptoms or may have been asymptomatic. So even though you had minimal symptoms, uh, then you had problems later on. So when I it was in, in January, I I ride with a bike group, uh, kick an asphalt group. Neat, neat name here. And I started, uh, when I returned to being able to actually do things, tried to ride, and I could not ride. I could not keep up with the group. And it's, you know, I, after like 20 miles, I was tuckered. And I actually went, mentioned that to a physician, said, 20 miles, I'm tuckered, and, and going 15 miles, it's, it's like, you're 70. <laughs> My gosh, that's great. <laughs> I said, but no, that's not how I usually do it. I'm usually right, like right. 17, 18 miles an hour, and then going 30, 40 miles. And um, it was, uh, and, you know, I had hardly any symptoms before. But, you know, fortunately, that has uh, improved. But we, we just don't know what the future course of that is. So that actually gets into some of the things that, wow. you know, uh, Cora Health will be looking at is how do we uh, help people who have that? So they need various aspects of rehabilitation to improve their health. So we have to improve issues yeah, with yeah, fatigue, yeah. respiratory, neurologic, uh, you know, some of it is just the, the uh, physical uh, improvement in endurance with it, uh, dealing with some of the, you know, it's also devastating from a psychosocial perspective and how do we give, you know, support uh, for it. So just a, a variety of things that we have to, to deal with. I, I, it's a behemoth. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the, the, but it's always fascinating to me, doctor, about the, just a... Is, is still we're just still learning there's still so much to understand and 
and you know, we, let's put it this way. I'm out there. I could go on Dr. Google and I can sit there and find something out about COVID. I, I have no capabilities of being able to assess whether it's real or not. I look at it. It could be where do, where is the best place for me to find out information current and evolving information about COVID and what to do and where to go and all that stuff. What do you say? Probably the best would be resources such as NIH, uh, Center for Disease Control, you know, things that are really are held you know, in a high regard. Uh, we're trying to understand, you know, and it is confusing. I find you know, <laughs> the folks in my work, but you know, is the, what's the underlying cause, what we call pathophysiology? Is it a hyperimmune system? Is it an inflammatory yes, state? Yes. Um, what type of evaluation do we need to do? What, what treatment guidelines should be uh, impact? And then uh, we you know, have uh, post-COVID uh, treatment programs and some that like, I'm sure that uh, Core Health will be involved with are really you know, based upon solid yeah. principles. Yeah. I, I also get concerned that you've got university programs that are great, but others may say, oh, okay, I can go set up a, a post-COVID treatment plan and I can get yeah. uh, make a, a lot of money doing this. So I, I have concerns about you know, some aspects that people may uh, sort of abuse this um, and uh, ultimately uh, sort of abuse some of people who are suffering with post-COVID uh, because it, it, it makes money. So we have to really uh, be Big discerning um, and it's really tough for, you know, for all of us. So I would say go to good resource like CDC or uh, NIH. And see that, that concern about making money, um, it's, it's predicated on fear. And fear is an incredible motivator because people just naturally want to sort of bridge the gap. I, I have this question. I've got to find the answer. And then they bridge it. And then people can take advantage of that, that fear. Um, all right, we got two sources that that is a must. NIH and CDC, go there for your COVID updates and all that stuff. Hey, how do people get a hold of you, doctor? Saying, hey, I want to be a, you know, <laughs> I want to get a hold of this because I've got an impairment that I want somebody to talk to me about. Well, we we have various uh, websites, uh, but the the primary one in terms of being in contact is that of cbrigham.com c-b-r-i-g-h-a-m.com or that happens to be your com. name it, oh it does oh what a coincidence <laughs> all right okay i should have thought of that okay. yeah so that uh, that url's off my i was going to go get it and then yeah but it's already gone so anyway so if they go out to cbrigham right dot com yes. They can yes. reach out and get a hold of you. Uh, that's correct. Or uh, C. Brigham, cbrigham.com. cbrigham.com. Yes. I like that, man. I, it's easy you for are, me to remember. <laughs> you were an absolute delight. I'm sorry. We're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah, Scott, this was a real pleasure uh, to really had spend some time with you today. I, I, I love this. And uh, you, know, just, you do this so well. Just keep oh, on doing this. Hey, thank you very much, appreciate it and you do too and if you're looking out on the video you can tell that he's very color coordinated and looking sharp everything's got the various grays and blues and everything you hit the Grease. nail on the head doctor well thank you so much i really appreciate spending the time all right listeners we're going to wrap it up on the other side we're going to get all the contact information for our friend here dr chris on uh and thank you very much for joining in your corner